one of the songs really stood out to my heart this morning, talking about why he came. And I wrote down some of the words. I didn't have a chance to write them all down. I'm not that fast at transcribing. But it says this, that he came for the unclean, for the broken, for the unworthy, for the unholy, for the outcast, for the defeated, for the discouraged. That sounds like us, doesn't it? Yeah. He came for us. And I'm going to share just briefly this morning from two portions of Scripture that are probably two the most familiar portions of Scripture in the, in the Bible. One Pastor Ezra used last night, and that was John 3.16, and most of us know that one by heart. The other one is, is out of the Psalm 23, it's verse 2 we're going to look at just briefly this morning. As we think about this gift that was given to us, the, the, the gift of Jesus, and John 3.16 begins what? Can, you, can we say it together? Forgotten, no, really good now. This is, we're celebrating a birthday here, okay? This is like singing happy birthday here, John 3, 16, all right? For God so loved the world that he gave his... That whosoever should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is that a good truth? Yeah, that's why we're here today. You see, that's what Christmas is all about. I love the first part of that, and I want to focus on that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Christmas, I heard yesterday on the radio, is one of the largest, is the largest giving time of the year of financial gifts around the world. It is the largest time. And to think about the birth of this child in this manger, in an obscure place, has impacted the world for 2,000 plus years now and impacts the giving of people around the world on this day today. It's amazing when we consider the impact of Jesus far beyond salvation. Salvation is the greatest impact, the salvation that he's brought to each and every one of us. But the giving aspect, and our God is a giving God. That's what he's all about. And he offers us this free gift of salvation. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. My father, my father was great at guessing Christmas presents. You know, we would disguise that Christmas present up in a variety of ways. And my dad would shake it, and he would rattle it around, and he would do this and do that, you know. And more times than not, he was right, no matter how we disguised that gift. Now, my dad was also good at trying to surprise us with gifts, too. Typically just my mom's gift, because he wouldn't wrap the rest of our gifts. My mom did that. But I remember this one Christmas that my dad brought in. There was this huge box for my mom, Christmas gift. I mean, it was a, it was a big box. And, you know, it was one of those, the size that kind of is bigger than anybody else's box that's there. I mean, I, you know, I'll just tell a little bit on my mom this morning. Mom, if you're listening, um, it's okay. Um, my, my mother, with Christmas presents, uh, there was three of us, three boys growing up that she had to put up with, um, With our Christmas presents, we all had to have the same number of gifts and the same size boxes. (laughs) And she bought the gifts to the penny of what she spent on each one of us. Okay, that's my mom. All right. So there's this huge box now for mom. You know, it's one of those that's so big, you're almost, mom was almost embarrassed about it. 
you know, and, and she's going, and she's going like, what did you, you know, I can just see her looking at my dad, and the words were going, no, no mouth was moving, but the words were going, what are you doing giving me a gift this big, you know? And so she starts opening this box to only find another box smaller inside of it. And she opens that box to only find another box. And we are all, we as boys, we are dying laughing, you know, because it keeps going down and down. He had put bricks in this box so it felt really heavy, you know, and everything. I mean, my dad really did it up. And then she finally got down, and there was a small little box inside, down at the bottom. And she opened it up, and it was a special ring that my dad had picked out just for my mother. Now, some of you ladies have received a special ring in a little box like this. The rings are very tiny. They're made of precious metal and, and jewels on them, one or more jewels on them at a time. But this little tiny box and what's inside of it represented an enormous amount of love from my dad giving it to my mother. It represented so much of his love, but it was said in such a little, small way. And you know, that's what God did for us at Christmas. When we think of our enormous, great, unbelievable, undescribable, unfathomable, holy, righteous, just, consuming fire, God. And he was put in one of the smallest human packages there are called a baby, a newborn, a little one. That's what God did for us. But it envelops everything of God. And, and why did he do that? He did it for a number of reasons, most of all which was to provide salvation for us because that little one, was not, the gift was not just coming as a human being, but the gift was then giving his life in a sacrificial way on that cross for us one day where we could put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we could have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. It was given to us to, to begin to help us understand this almighty God, this everlasting Father that we can't get our hands around. It was given to us so that, so that we could begin to understand the love of God that he has for you and for me. I relate that to Psalm chapter 23, which is the shepherd's psalm, because Jesus was born in a stable, placed in a manger, and Ezra talked about that last evening for us at the Christmas Eve services. And, and when you think about that, that psalm, the second verse of that psalm says, He will lead me beside, help me, still waters or quiet waters. I was reading recently about shepherds. And, and the shepherds would take their flock and they would be taking their flock up the mountain uh, looking for food throughout the day and, and, and trying to get them to a good food source and whatever. And, and sometimes they would get to the top of a mountain and, and the sheep would be hot and they would be thirsty and he'd, he would be looking for something for them to drink and they would come across this, this rushing stream, maybe coming out of a rock because sometimes it does that in Israel. There's these, these limestone rocks that get like a big ball on them. And if, and if the shepherd takes his staff and pokes the rock 
water will come out of that because it's hidden inside that limestone rock. And it's known that in Israel you can find these and, and the shepherds know where to find that. So they may poke that and this rushing water will come out or maybe it was a, a rushing stream or spring that they came about. But the sheep, the sheep could go thirsty and they could die of thirst if the shepherd didn't do anything else with that water. Because, see, sheep are scared to death of rushing water. They will not drink from it. It scares them to death. And so what the shepherd would have to do, he would either find a, a rock that maybe was dished out a little bit or, or find a hollowed-out spot in the ground. He would take his staff maybe and, and draw in the ground from the water over to this hollowed-out space so that the water could trickle over here, trickle over here and become still, quiet water. Or maybe he would pail it up in, use a pail and, and bail it up into the rock where it was dished out so the sheep could come and they could drink out of this still, quiet water because they couldn't handle the rushing water. They were scared to death of it. Now you think throughout Scripture, just throughout the Christmas story that we have in Scripture, how many times when a heavenly being appears, what are the first words out of its mouth? Fear not, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. You know what? We get scared of heavenly beings. We're fearful people. We're fearful just like those sheep that can't handle the rushing water. When we see a heavenly being, that hasn't been my experience, but in Scripture when that happened, they were scared to death. And what do we do? We want to flee from something that we're afraid of, don't we? If we're scared, we want to, we want to run from that which we're, which we're scared of. And because our God is this all-consuming fire, because he is this magnificent God, because he is this holy God, because he's this righteous God, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and, and he's this huge God. We are just like Adam and Eve in the garden, and we want to flee from the presence of God because of who we are. And we're scared of that. So what did God do? God, the great shepherd, said, I'm going to take all of myself, as Scripture says in Colossians, took the fullness of the Godhead and he put it in Jesus bodily. So we have this God-man. God takes all of himself, Scripture tells us, and puts it into this little baby. Why? So we're not so scared. And so we can begin to get our arms around who God really is. Jesus said it to us this way. He says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He says, I and the Father are one. And so Jesus has come on the scene so that we don't need to be so fearful of this magnificent God, this God Almighty, this sovereign God, this ruler of the universe, this creator of everything that we see. We don't have to be fearful of him. Because he says, I'm going to do it in such a way, I'm, I'm going to scoop out a place and put all of myself in this little baby that's not going to scare them, into this human being that would grow up and live amongst them who wouldn't scare them, who would amaze them, so that we could begin to get our arms back around our Heavenly Father and begin to understand exactly who He is. And he did that for you and for me. He did that so we can not just come and celebrate Christmas and have a birthday party for Jesus. Well, he did that so that we could have this restored relationship with him because our relationship with him was broken because of sin. But God says, I'm going to take care of that issue 
And I'm going to step into your world where you can't step yourself. It's quite interesting when we think about a manger. And I've heard an archaeological historian recently uh, uh, talking about the fact that, that it was probably a stone place where they set where they put the baby Jesus it wasn't this nice little wooden cradle made with you know from the wood at the two by fours from Home Depot right Tom wasn't this nice pristine straw that we we have the image of you know all this this almost glowing straw like we have that little string of lights running around underneath it and the straw is kind of glow glowing there It, it wasn't anything like that in fact a stable in that day and age was one of the most it's it's like almost being in a dumpster Seriously, folks, it stunk, it had rotting food, rotting hay, rotting grass. I've had friends who have been over in Israel and have told me the mangers, some of the mangers over, some of the stables over there are still that way today with the Bedouin, amongst the Bedouin people and stuff. It is a stinky, rotten, filthy place. And it was probably a stone that was hollowed out where they laid the baby Jesus. And a lot of times that hollowed out stone was not used to feed the cattle. It was used to water the sheep that would have been in that stable. And isn't it amazing that the God of the universe took this rushing water of who he is, this almightiness of who he is, and Jesus being called the living water, and he says, I'm going to scoop the living water, and I'm going to put him in a container that you can understand. And the living water was put into this trough that very well could have been a watering trough also. And so whether it's the bread of life that's in that feeding trough or the living water that's in that watering trough, God scooped it out in such a way so that we could begin to understand who he is. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it unbelievable what God has done for us? That he loved you and me that much that he would put all of himself into a helpless baby to say, I love you. Whether we are unclean, broken, unworthy, unholy, outcast, defeated, depressed, discouraged, you put the word in there that you need to. No matter where we are, Today, Jesus came for us. And as followers of Jesus Christ, there's a couple things we can do with this. Number one, we can embrace Jesus all the more in our lives. We can love him all the more. I don't know about you. I sometimes feel like I don't love him very well. I sometimes feel like, man, I, I, I just wish I could love him more, and I want to love him more. But sometimes I feel like I can fall short of how much I really love God. And so I want to pursue him more, and I want to get to know him more. And we can do that. He's given us four pictures in the scriptures, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's given us these four brilliant pictures of, of who Jesus is so that we can understand who the Father is. And so we need to spend time in his word. That's why he gave us his word, not just to come in and do sermons from and not just to do Bible studies from, but so that we get to know the Father and so that we understand our Savior better. And so we could be spending time in God's word and reading God's word and letting God's word flow into our lives. But God's also called us to not just keep it to ourselves, but he's called us to, we've got to share this word with other people. 
Do you know that there are, there are close to two and a half billion people in the world who have yet to hear the name Jesus, let alone understand what he's all about? Two and a half billion people, I can't wrap my brain around that number, who have yet to hear. You know, we, there's still a job for the church of Jesus Christ to be doing. There's still a responsibility for us to get out and to share. And do you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Three-fourths of your neighbors, friends, and people that you work with, three-fourths of them, 75% of those people don't understand Jesus either. So you don't have to go to a, to a, a secluded place in the world. We can just go next door, too. <coughs> the question is, are we willing to go? Are we willing to tell them about how God came so we could understand who he is? For God so loved the world that he came and gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall have eternal life. Maybe some of you here today, you've heard a lot about Jesus, but you've never really put your faith and trust in Jesus. And so if God's spirit is working in your heart, and that is our prayer today, is that a God's spirit is working in your heart that you today, what better day to put your faith and trust in the one who came for you? The one who came for you because we're all broken and disheartened and outcasts. But he came for us so that we wouldn't be scared of him. And so that we could have this restored relationship. And today, scripture says, as many as believed him, put your faith and trust in his name. You receive him. He will be your Savior. And you can do that right now in the quietness of your heart. You can say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior, to come into my life and to take away my sin and to make me into the person you want me to be, to give me that restored relationship with you. Today, we can't keep quiet about what Christmas is all about, folks. I love it on a sign I was going up through Doylestown the other day with my wife. And as we're traveling through Doylestown, there's a McDonald's there. The McDonald's on the north side of Doylestown has on its sign, Merry Christmas. Surprised me. Shocked me. But you know what, folks? We, we need not be quiet. Let's forget about the threats. There's threats all around the world today. It's nothing different than what Herod was doing back 2,000 years ago when he killed all the babies two years and under, under in that whole region. People still hate Jesus, and they hate the message of the gospel. I understand that, and you understand that. But don't let that keep us quiet. Don't let us be afraid because of that. Let us rejoice in what God has done for us, and let us share about the wondrous things he has done for us and how he met us right where we are. So let's celebrate today. Let's celebrate as we go from here. Let people know. We don't have to be preachy about it. Just let the love of Jesus flow through your heart and through your life into other people's lives. And then when they ask you about it, you say, well, here, let me tell you a little bit about my Savior. Let me tell you a little bit about the one who, who did everything he could do so that I could have a relationship with him. And let's celebrate Jesus Christ, the Lord. Would you pray with me today? Father, in your amazing way, you stepped into our lives. You were a rushing river, a torrent that we could not understand, that we could not get our, our minds around, we could not get our hearts around, we could not even begin to fathom your greatness. 
fact, we're, we're, we're afraid of you when it comes right down to it. And yet, Father, you wanted us to not be afraid anymore. So he said, I'm going to do something about that. And so you took all of yourself, your son Jesus, the second person of the God, and you put him in a human form so that we could relate back to you. And then you sacrificed him for us. You didn't just confine him to a human body, but then you sacrificed him on the cross to fulfill your promises so that we could have that restored relationship with you. Father, we thank you. We praise you today for how you are at work in this world and in our lives. And Father, I pray that as we go throughout this Christmas day, it'll be easy to be distracted in a variety of different ways, but help us, Father, to just continue to reflect back on how you understood that we couldn't get to you. So you did everything in your power to bring yourself to us through your son. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us, not because we're good, not because we got it all together. You love us in our brokenness. You love us when we're your enemies. And you loved us through yourself so that you could call us your children. Father, may we celebrate you. May we celebrate your son, Jesus. And we thank you and celebrate your Holy Spirit that you've given to us so that we can live the life you've called us to live. Go with us today in the power of your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray.